Mobley Comics Audio presents 20,000 Leagues into Madness. Created by Brian Del Rio. Based on the works of Jules Verne and H.P. Lovecraft. Chapter 5 Necronomicon Starring Brian Del Rio The train car is empty. Flashes of bruised light and jagged shadows rip past the windows on either side of me. It appears the train is moving with the velocity of a typhoon, yet the sounds of its engines seem muffled, drowned by a moaning wind. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? I rise from my seat, taking a hesitant step from my booth. The train is a tomb. Silent, dark, cold. No murmur of stuffy British voices, no rattle of trolley carts, no clink of glasses and silverware. Just the distant echo of wheels on creaky tracks and the moaning of the wind. Rupert! I call out for the conductor, then for my new acquaintance. Stad? Anyone? That's when I feel it behind me. Throbbing like an invisible wound in the air, I freeze, swallowing with a dry throat. Slowly, I turn, my heart pounding in my chest. The door to the next car is dark, framed by a harsh white light. The light leaking from behind the door is not like that of oil lamps or fireplaces, lacking warmth or motion. It is a cold, unnatural light. Steady and unwavering. It buzzes in my ears, setting my teeth on itch. Who said that? The old ones were. The old ones are. And the old ones shall be. The voice is like a centipede crawling up my neck, like splinters of ice down my spine. Son of Raya. Stop calling me that. I am the son of Buberic Talwasing. Where are you? Undimensioned, unseen, not in the spaces you know, but between them. I look back at the door, the door between train cars. Could that be what the voice meant? Suddenly, the steady light that frames the door begins to bubble. Orbs of light break from it like amoebas. Slithering along the wallpaper, which now appears molded and dilapidated. The orbs blink. And suddenly, I realize the door is surrounded by eyes, like clusters of putrid, rotting grapes. Their pupils, like those of serpents and goats, are fixed on me. 
I cringe in terror. Suddenly, the door flies open, revealing a sucking maelstrom of darkness beyond. It knocks me off my feet, pulling me toward the void like a rip current. Oily black tentacles explode from the door, coiling around my legs like pythons. I try to scream, but find my throat has become voiceless. My fingernails dig into the carpet, to the metal beneath. They screech, leaving parallel trails of blood behind them. The walls of the train car shift around me. Contorting the shape of the room into something bizarre and disorienting. The tentacles suck me closer to the vortex. The tips of my toes turn to ice as they dip into the inky darkness. The feeling begins to spread up my legs like needles, blackening them like frostbite, melting my flesh down to the bones. That is not dead, which can eternal lie. And, and with strange eons, even death may die. My jaw locks open as the ink overtakes me. Decker? I gasp, <sighs> jerking my head back. Thaddeus resettles in his seat across from me, startled by my sudden awakening. Once more, the train was filled with the murmur of voices and the warm, flickering light of oil lamps. Once more, the shape of the room had become familiar, and wallpaper appeared bright and new. A dream, I thought, sighing in relief. <sighs> it was all just a dream. Sorry, I didn't mean to frighten you. That must have been quite boring. Hmm? What? Thad points at the table in front of me. My eyes fall to the ancient tome. I glance down at the yellow pages I had been reading when I fell asleep, eyes latching to a strange word amid the boneyard of runes, geometric shapes, and mysterious symbols. Yog sothoth A chill runs up my spine, as though a door had been left open nearby, letting in an icy draught. I shut the book resolutely, hearing the door of the train car shut behind me as a conductor exits our car. It was then I noticed the absence of the clatter of wheels on train tracks. I glance out the window. Moonlight sparkles off the black surface of the marshland, unbroken by passing trees. Why have we stopped? I ask Thard. Not sure. I think the cowcatcher hit an animal. My brow furrows in confusion. The what? Thad pales in embarrassment. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a slang term for the pilot. That pointed metal frame at the front of the locomotive? I know cows are your gods. I, I meant no disrespect. I blink at his statement. Hindus don't worship cows. And anyway, I'm sick. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that why you're headed to London? To see a doctor like my dad? Oh, dear. Let's table all of that for now. So the train hit a cow? That shrugs. They're not sure what it was. Apparently we hit it so hard it turned to sludge. They're trying to scrape it off the locomotive before we continue so it doesn't gunk up the wheels or pistons. I rub my chin. Strange. Bones shatter, muscles tear, but neither turn to liquid. Thad's eyebrows shoot up in surprise. Goodness, Dagger! I've heard of people being unable to stop chewing their fingernails, but I've never seen anything like that before. Huh? What are you... I look down at my fingers, seeing the blood dripping from beneath my nails. And I remember the dream. That's not possible. What was that? Dad? Thaddeus launches to his feet. We... we have to help him! I nod in agreement, jumping into action. But before we can reach the door at the back of the car, it slides open, revealing Rupert. He shuts the door, pressing his back against it with such ferocity that his monocle pops out of his face, which is as white as a bedsheet and glistening with sweat. Oh, uh, uh, gentlemen, uh, please return to your seats until we have the situation sorted, he says, fidgeting with the monocle before placing it back into his eye with a shaky hand. Thaddeus opens and closes his fists, anxious to know what has happened to his father. Situation? What situation? Where's my dad? I have to- He tries to shoulder past the conductor, but Rupert stops him with an arm. It's not safe, Mr. Higginbottom. Rupert's wrinkly throat tightens. There's something out there. Did you know the creator of this podcast also writes graphic novels? Be sure to check out some of the other series by Moberly Comics Audio, where the comic you hold in your hands is brought to life with voice acting, music, and sound effects. Like stories about giant monsters like Cthulhu? Then you should check out Kaiju Kingdoms. A terminally ill young explorer must outrace his own death and embark on a daring voyage to a land where power-hungry kings enslave giant monsters to menace their rivals. But can he get them to set aside their petty feuds and unite against the world-ending kaiju whose imminent arrival haunts his dreams? Get your copy of Kaiju Kingdoms Volume 1 on Kindle, Comixology, iTunes, or in print at Amazon.com. The engineer shovels more coal into the furnace, hands clad in over-large gloves. He wipes sweat from his soot-smudged face with the exposed skin of his forearm before addressing Rupert further, though he never turns from his work. Absolutely not, Mr. Dabney. Maybe if I had some sepoys on this trip, but that escort of white soldiers will stay on this train to protect the passengers smart enough to remain in their seats, as ordered. Those woods are filled with tigers, bears, pythons, and who knows what else. I'm not even sure the naturalists knew of India having giant slugs before we hit one an hour ago. In any event, if Vicar Higginbottom was daft enough to leave the train in the middle of a swamp in the dead of night, that's his business. We're not waiting until morning to search for him, and I'm not sending company men into the jungle at this ungodly hour. Rupert blinks at the engineer's flat rejection. He looks over his uniform shoulder at Thad and I, appearing unsure how to proceed. 
the elderly British man chews on his lip, thinking for a moment. A look of determination hardens his features before he turns back to the engineer once more. He reaches back, setting a hand on Thad's shoulder, gently ushering the boy forward. He presents him to the engineer. Thad tries hard to suppress his sobs of fear, his small body shaking. Mr. Graves, Vicar Higginbottom is this boy's father and an ordained minister of Christ. The engineer continues shoveling, unmoved. Then Christ can bring him back. Those soldiers aren't leaving this train for a lousy drunk, especially one we'd probably have to carve out of the belly of a python. <laughs> a sob escapes Thad's lips, but he quickly claps both hands over his mouth. I set a hand on his shoulder, squeezing. I glare at the engineer with Rupert. The old British conductor straightens indignantly. He is almost two decades the engineer's senior, and his voice is now coloured with an air of fatherly disappointment. Giles Humphrey Graves. I never expected a former member of Her Majesty's Royal Marines to conduct himself with such an indecorous and craven disregard for his fellow Christian Englishmen. I suggest you clean up, for you have something on your face, sir. The engineer seems taken aback by Rupert's tone, at last attending to the old man's words. Graves lightly touches his face, mouth twisting in a pained grin of confusion. Well, yeah. Soot! Egg, Mr. Graves. I'm speaking of the egg. Good night. Rupert turns on his heels with all the stoic grace of one of Her Majesty's Royal Marines. Come, Thad. I'll take the elephant gun and we'll go after your father. He reaches for the enormous, double-barreled shotgun, holstered near the engineer, used in the event of an animal attack. He snatches the conductor's pith helmet from a nearby hook. I'm going too, I volunteer. Rupert pinches his lips and nods. Jolly good, Mr. Tower Singh. You might want to bring that saber of yours. We may have need of it. The three of us proceed to exit the locomotive and skirt our way around the coal car. The engineer calls after us with an ominous warning. Do you think I give a shit if some gentoo prince is lost or killed? Our dear Queen Victoria is the only royal what matters to me. Company would probably be happy if he disappeared anyway. Mark me, Rupert Debney. This train leaves in three quarters of an hour. With or without the three of you. Rupert thumbs a shell into each barrel, snapping the load port shut with, with the confidence of any soldier half his age. You've made your point. In addition to your newly minted status as a first-class wag-off, abundantly clear. See you in 30 minutes. Come, lads. Mobley Comics Audio.